0: Today is February 23rd, and this is the 43rd episode of the MMA Mike podcast, and I'm a little amped up because Derek Lewis in last weekend's fight night had an absolutely crazy knockout over Curtis Blades, and you know, it was a actually fantastic game plan that he, he carried out. Derek Lewis, after the fight, came out and said, you know, I really wasn't focused on anything other than just catching him with the uppercut or the knee when he would come in for a takedown. And, you know, Blades didn't even really look for a takedown in the beginning. And I think that was actually a smart decision and game plan because he was winning that first round and he looked great. Uh, he was winning the striking exchanges, actually, uh, beating up the leg, caught Derek Lewis off-balanced, looked good in the first round. And Derek also came out and said after, you know, I just couldn't get it going. I felt slow. I felt off. I felt dead, uh, you know, in the warm-ups and when I came out. And, you uh, I think that also makes it just as impressive that he was able to still get the win with a crazy knockout, feeling dead and off during that night. But obviously caught Blades coming in. Blades taking maybe not such a great shot and Derek Lewis, not setting it up maybe as good as he could have and got caught. I don't even think he got caught cleanly and still got knocked out. Just showing you that Derek Lewis has absolute hands of death. And uh, can put out anyone in the division. And I would argue he has just as much if not more power than Francis Ngannou. And thinking back on that fight, you know, Francis was hesitant for a reason. Is because he knew that there was a lot of power coming back when they did fight. And I think that's why we saw a little bit of a shy gun show. uh, and, And they weren't striking too much. But, you know, that was a long time ago. And the division continues to move on. Derek Lewis picks up that win and he moves to the number two ranked spot in the division. Obviously, Francis Ngannou is ranked number one and will take on Stipe Miocic at UFC 260. You know, I really believe that Derek Lewis should be next in line. Um, there's not too many other guys for him to face right now. Reason being, Derek Lewis just beat Curtis Blades, who's ranked number three, and um he also beat Alexander Volkov, who's ranked number five. I would say you could make the fight between Jarzine. him, uh, speaking of Derek Lewis, you could make him fight the winner of Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Cyril Gain, which will be the UFC fight night I will be previewing in a little bit. But, uh, I, I think that fight, the winner of that fight could make sense for Derek Lewis to f- fight next, um. And reason being, you know, you're gonna get Francis versus Dipe And I have a feeling the winner of that title fight will face John Jones. Um, so potentially, you know, you got the next two two championship bouts scheduled. You could make Derek Lewis and and the winner of this up and coming main event and uh make that for for the next guy in line after, you know, maybe these next two fights, obviously after Ninganu, but potentially after Jones as well. So we will see. And for Blades, you know, he just took a crazy knockout blow. I think he really needs to take some months off, fully recover. Don't rush into to sparring or heavy training too soon. And come back. And uh, you know, he's obviously a legit fighter. He just, you know, seems to deal with a little bit of issue with issues when he faces a guy with too much power. For example, Derek Lewis and Francis Ninganu twice. Those are his only three losses, so obviously he's dealing with some trouble with the guys against power, but take some time off, see where the division's at, and I'm sure they'll be able to get him a matchup. I would make a matchup for him right now, but I'd say he needs a couple months off, and the division could be much different by then. In the Comey event, we had a very interesting decision won by Yuna, Jana Kunitska uh, over Ketlin Vieira, and you know, I, I think Jana uh, deserved this, this decision, uh, she really, although in the first round and in the last round, you know, maybe got on the bottom position, but she stayed more active, she threw more punches, Vieira really was only worrying about controlling position, she wasn't landing strikes, um, and Kunitska, you know, she, she even in the second round got on top and did damage, and, uh, in the late third round, she reversed, uh, got into top Position cut open Vieira, and uh, I think that was enough for her to get the decision win. So, pretty impressive win, and uh, she's got a lot of fight in her. Obviously, she's a girl that is potentially a contender in the bantamweight division. In the featherweight division, you had Derek Minner dominating Charles Rosa, wherever the fight was really. He had him hurt on the feet, had him hurt on the ground. Uh, Rosa was really only chance that he looked like he had was maybe catching Minner in a submission but Minner obviously being a dog and and avoiding the submissions uh that Rosa attempted he outlanded him everywhere and uh dominated in that fight recording four takedowns and controlling the fight for 12 minutes and 34 seconds in the heavyweight division that fight between Chris Dawkins and Alexi Olenek, didn't make it too far into the first round before Chris Dawkins caught Alexi Olenek and just started barraging him with punches and, and you know, the ref stopped the fight. Uh, Dawkus obviously has great hands. Olenek, you know, he's an older fighter. He's now 59-15-1, so you can see how many fights he has on his record. Um... He obviously is, is a guy that just has a, a pretty solid name in the heavyweight division. And, you know, you could put him up against these up-and-coming guys. It seems like that's the theme now with him. Um, he's obviously a threat, but Chris Dawkins, you know, proved his worth and moves to 11-3. And, three. and uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who he fights next. I think that there's uh, some guys that he could fight, and I'll get that to that in a little bit. Um, You had Philip Hawes winning a decision uh, over Masadurin Imovav. um, Really, really digging deep to win this fight. You know, winning uh, in the beginning and uh, potentially, well, obviously losing that last round. You know, he was very hurt but had to dig deep and and use the clinch to win. But won the first two rounds, in my opinion. One of the referees... um, gave imavov uh, a 10-8 round in the last to make it a you know a draw in his opinion but the other two judges scored at 29-28 giving hawes the first two rounds so you know he he implemented his ground game uh he obviously was faster than imavov, imavov and had more power landed some okay strikes but um found that you know going to the ground and, and dominating on the ground would would win him the fight and uh Maybe he felt like you know, he was at a little disadvantage on the feet, so that's what made him bring it to the ground, and obviously it got him the win. Andrei Orlovsky, who lost to Tom Espinall, got rocked in the first round and then you know, kind of recovered. Uh, Espinal in the second round, kind of decided to change it up, shot a beautiful double-leg blast takedown and uh, instantly went for the choke and was able to submit Andre Orlovsky which to me is very very impressive. Um, obviously Orlovsky uh, is another kind of big name in the heavyweight division at, at least uh, I think you could compare him to uh, you know a guy like Alexi Olenek. Um they took Olenek off of the rankings in the heavyweight division Chris Dawkins took his spot you know uh, they did not put. Tom Espinall in the rankings but I think he could fight one of these guys from ranked 15 to 10 even I think you could even make him fight Chris Dawkins. I think that would be a great fight I don't know if the UFC would want to put two top prospects right in in together with that but I think it'd be a great fight and I think there's a lot of fights for uh, Chris Dawkins and Tom Espinall in the heavyweight division I'm gonna to quickly touch on the prelims because I want to get to this weekend's fight night. Uh Jared Gordon picked up a nice unanimous decision win over Danny Chavez, pushing pace and winning. John Castaneda knocked out Eddie Wylan. You know, kind of a comeback uh knockout. He was he was losing the round and then found a way to get the knockout. Also, Julian Arosa got a beautiful. Fast flying knee knockout over Nate Lanwer. You know, it was kind of a, a quick war. You know, they were trading, rocked each other, and uh, Erosa landed a beautiful flying knee to get the win. Um, Casey O'Neill defeated Shannon Dobson uh, by TKO of punches. Pretty dominant performance. Uh, Zahabi defeated Rodriguez by knockout, and Sergi Spivak defeated Jarrah Vendera uh by knockout as well so you know a lot a lot of knockouts in this ufc fight night uh that took place last weekend and we got another ufc fight night this weekend february 27th back in the ufc apex i'm very excited and the main event Jarzinho Rosenstrike versus surreal gain or gone i should say is the correct way to pronounce his name these guys are both six four both just about 250 pounds uh gain has a slight reach advantage with at 81 inches compared to rosen 78 both orthodox fighters you know this is, should be a good game a uh, good fight Rosenstrike obviously has great kickboxing ability uh gain also has great striking as well um the one thing i will say is i think gain is going to implement some ground game and take this fight to the ground maybe multiple times uh and i think he will find a stoppage whether it's through punches referee stoppage tko or maybe even a submission uh i'd say gain finds a way to get this fight to the ground and wins i'm gonna say in round three um obviously last week i'm I'm trying to do well with these main event picks and uh although i do love derrick lewis and i took curtis blades just because i thought you know that's how the fight would go I, i i tried to go with well, how I think the fight will go, not with who I want. And um, maybe I should have went with who I want, because obviously Derek Lewis got that crazy knockout. But this week I'm trying to bounce back and pick up a win with p- picks in the main event, and I'm going to pick surreal again. Gone, rather. I keep doing that. Anyway, moving on to the co-main event, you got Nikita Kirilov versus Makamed Enkilev. And I just think that Enkilev is a guy in this light heavyweight division that is so dangerous you know we don't see his ground game too too much and I think Kirilov may have an advantage there but I don't even think the fight's going to be taken there I think Enklev has good enough ground defense and his striking's too good and his his pace and and his aggressiveness should get him the knockout I'll give him a round one knockout as a prediction Montana De La Rosa versus Maria Bueno Silva this fight should be interesting. Uh, I like the value of De La Rosa as an underdog. Um, should be a relatively, you know, even fight and pretty entertaining. I'm going to go with De La Rosa. In the bantamweight division, you know, you got Moonhoes versus Rivera. This fight was supposed to take place not long ago. It got canceled and now it's rescheduled for this fight night. I did pick Rivera in that fight. Uh, prediction: I'm going to pick him again. I think Moonhoes tends to get into some firefights and with a Rivera, with a guy with power and just a dominant guy. I mean, this guy is very good. His losses are to the best guys in the world. Uh, He's only got four losses. And, uh, you know, I I think this is one of the biggest challenges for Moonhost. And I think Rivera should be able to get this win. Another interesting fight. Uh, Coming up in the women's strawweight division, which is on this card, and it was added a little bit later is Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. You know, I think this is the typical fight where you got a fighter in Angela Hill who's just better on the feet and uh, Yoder who's better on the ground. Now Yoder does have good striking, Uh, maybe not so good as Angela Hill. And when Angela Hill gets into a rhythm, it could be hard to to fight her. But I think Yoder is going to implement ground game, and uh, I think if she can get this fight to the ground and keep it there, she should be able to pick this win and uh, pick up this win. And I think that there's good value in her as an underdog to get this win. Although Angela Hill is tough, um, I just feel like sometimes when she fights these big fights, she doesn't pull through. Although she was in a very close fight with Michelle Waterson last fight, but that fight, you know, stayed. To the feet for the most part. Um, you know, even though Michelle Watterson does have some good ground game, um, I think Yoder really needs to stick to that game plan and get the fight to the ground, and she could get a win. So I will take Yoder. And we have Kevin Kroon versus Alex were in the featherweight division. I'm going to go with Kroon. I think he has a little bit more to prove and a little bit um, just different. Stylistically, although you know, he has a lot of things that can be seen as dangerous. Um, Ciceris so kind of shows everything, and uh, I, I don't think he poses as much of a threat as Kroom, so I'm gonna take Kroom. And a couple prelim fights I want to touch on real fast, uh, that should be entertaining, and I will give some picks for is Alexander Hernandez versus Tiago Moses. Uh, You know, Moses has been impressive his last two fights, picking up underdog wins, Um, and, you know, he's another underdog here, so he could prove everyone wrong once again. Alexander Hernandez seems to be an up-and-down fighter, so we shall see, you know, moving forward how he responds to a loss and how he comes back. Um, and we'll see how he does against a guy with Tiago Moses who's improving his striking and is obviously a ground threat I think if Tiago Moses wants a certain win he needs to get this fight to the ground but Alexander Hernandez has good striking so I'm intrigued to see how this fight goes I'll pick Hernandez just because I don't even know why I'm gonna pick Hernandez I'm just gonna pick Hernandez though I do I do really like the value in Tiago Moses though as an underdog Another quick fight, Randy Brown versus Alex Oliveira. Oliveira, obviously, becoming somewhat of a veteran in the UFC. This is a welterweight bout. I'm going to give the push to Randy Brown. I think he just gets this fight done. Uh, I could be totally wrong. You know, he is a younger guy coming up. uh, Fresher guy, I should say. Oliveira is kind of, you know, a beaten down vet. Um, Should be an entertaining fight, but I'm going to give the push to Randy Brown. And a big fight that, well, not so big, but a big, <laughs> as in light heavyweight fight, uh, William Knight versus Alonzo Manyfield. These are two big guys, powerful guys. Uh, I think this fight should be electric and fireworks. They're pretty evenly matched up. Um, I'm going to give the push to Alonzo Manyfield. I think he just has a little bit of better experience against better fighters. William Knight's kind of new to the UFC. Um so that is UFC Fight Night that will take place this weekend. Obviously, there's more prelim fights, but I'm not too, too familiar with the fighters on those cards yet. I will be watching them to get more familiar with them moving forward in the future. This was UFC Fight Night Blades versus Lewis recap and UFC Fight Night Rosen Strike versus Gone preview. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will catch you next week.